0: Sitting in for Jim Chapman, who has just left uh, to attend, uh, as he did uh, a year ago, the Breast Cancer Golf Tournament out at the Oaks uh, Golf Club. And we wish Jim and all the participants who will be uh, playing golf it's a great day. and It seems to me last year it was the same type of day. And uh, Jim did very well on the golf course, so I heard. And we wish him well today, and it's all for a good cause for raising funds for the uh, Breast Cancer uh, foundation and with me again uh well no not again when i did this program last year bob metz was here along with marion yes, boyd was. and we're talking about uh, left right and center but uh, instead of marion boyd is susan eagle who's a regular participant in this uh, section of the program susan how are you
1: just fine thanks
0: jack and what is on your mind this morning
1: Well, there's a a lot of issues that are happening. (laughs) I'm looking forward to our discussion.
0: Always, always. Bob, it's good to see you again. Yes, Jeff. And you're still involved with the Freedom Party? Definitely. And,
2: uh, in fact, right now I'm... Involved with another group called the International Society for Individual Liberty that's holding a, a, an international conference at the University of Western Ontario here in London. And they will be bringing, I'm the official registrar for the group, and they'll be bringing in uh, uh, people from all around the world, from from Russia, from Africa, from uh, the United States, all over Canada. Uh, they'll be speaking on issues of freedom for the week. and. Uh, I understand Jim's already got a few of them lined up for the show that week, so it should be interesting. And the That's main the last theme, week
0: of July. The last week of July. And the main theme will be freedom?
2: Uh, basically, it's, a, it's it's considered a libertarian conference, and we're going to see people there. You know, some of the notables in Canada will be people like Terrence Corcoran, the editor of the National right. Post. Um, he'll be a speaker. As a matter of fact, he's right up after me. And before me will be Karen Selleck, who is a well-known journalist in in, in the country. And what is your and, pitch uh, going to be? Well, I'm going to be talking about the media, believe it or not, and Freedom Party's experience with the media over the past 15, you years. You have problems with the media? Uh, we have good stories to tell and a lot of problems. <laughs> uh,
0: you betcha.
1: <laughs> Actually, Jack, I think he's just had his pitch, and that was for the event itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this will well, be something mind. you <laughs> meant.
1: I'm wondering if I can advertise the Vacation Bible School now.
0: Well, I mean, if we're going to start talking church business, I'll start Mm -hmm. advertising as well.
1: Well, I (laughs) say. What
0: about the Canadian Alliance? Now, have you talked about that uh, in in recent programs? I know Jim has, uh, certainly. Uh, Where do you see the Alliance going? Uh, The concern about Stockwell Day? um, His uh, situation with Joe Clark? Uh, They seem to be in battle trying to keep all uh, the right-wing people together. Bob, uh, what's your feeling? I, I, as far as Joe Clark
2: goes, I think I'm I'm adopting the same attitude that a lot of the media has adopted, and that's that you know poor Joe Clark, this guy's looking a little pathetic in the midst of this right wing movement that's just moving at light speed away from him, and he doesn't seem to want to come along with it, and um, so that's that's a little bit I almost look at it as a little bit tragic in a way because. Uh, here is someone who, who, who you would think would unite, but what this tells us, of course, is that there's something radically different both in, in how Joe looks at government and how Joe thinks politics should be. I, I think that the federal conservatives are radically different from the previous Reform Party or the current alliance still in terms of basic policy. And that's why you would never really should or shouldn't expect any sort of reconciliation between the two camps well they're more uh, of a PCs is. or liberal light as far as right. most well, people are concerned
1: I, you know as this thing's been unfolding i it's increased my respect for for joe clark and i have not been a particular tory supporter over the years but he's an intelligent thinking man and he's he's looking at issues uh, not only with some intelligence but with some compassion and i've been incredibly impressed with with his his intelligence and his his ability to, to to work through issues with people. Well, what is he, going to, do? What is he going
0: to do, though, with so many of the federal Tories, provincial Tories across the country, going with the Canadian Alliance? Are they going to stick with the Alliance, or will they go back to I, Joe Clark?
1: I'm talking to, incredibly, lots of Tories <laughs> who are telling me they don't want to go with the Alliance. And they're they're quite distressed about it. I think the the media has given lots of of visibility to the Alliance Party, but I don't think by any means there's been the kind of groundswell that the Alliance are trying to suggest there is. In fact, when I looked at the numbers of people voting in London um, for the Alliance leadership race, what impressed me was how low the numbers were. And I'm also told that it was an older population that had had joined the Alliance Party, that by no means was this a widespread across all... All the ages group either so I think those are two things that the Alliance aren't acknowledging but I think that in any kind of objective overview of the Alliance we have to acknowledge those things
0: well maybe we will hear from some of our callers and I should remind our callers to give us a call at 643-1290 or star 1290 on the Rogers AT&T cellular network Susan Eagle and Bob Metz are here with me as we discuss uh, left right and center Bob, uh, following up on what Susan said, uh, do you feel that the Alliance has overblown their uh, involvement with people? Uh, do they really have the membership that they say they have? Will that membership stay with them?
2: I uh, Personally, I think that Preston Manning has pulled a, a media coup that no one could have ever dreamt of three years ago. Um, my personal opinion, and I was at the uh, Reform Convention where he announced the, the formation of the Alliance. In London. Yes, And uh, I remember telling all my friends at the time, Manning is retiring. He's retiring from leadership, and I think everything I predicted has sort of come true. I just think he did it in a very graceful and proper and procedural way that, that would be expected of his membership. I don't think he's going to be out of politics, that's for sure, but he, I think, uh, I think he, had, he took reform where he wanted it to go, and he has to steer the ship. I think he recognized very clearly, and he said at the convention, that he was quite willing to step aside and wanted to do so. And I've had more than one of my own acquaintances remark that during the debates uh, of the leadership of the new alliance, that Manning just wasn't trying as hard as he had been known for trying in the past. So and yet
0: I believe personally,
2: he, I think he was kind of stepping back. But
0: I believe he has said, though, during uh, the leadership campaign that he didn't want to be an elder statesman of the party. So you say you think he will still remain in politics. But sure he's going to be elected. He's still going to maintain
2: his seat in Parliament, As I would think. Mm-hmm. And I haven't heard anything to the effect that he's not going to run again. Um, but I would I would think he's still going to be in Parliament for a while and be a
0: major influence in the movement. Susan, uh, to put you on the spot, uh-huh. what about Stockwell Day's policies and where he's coming from? Um, backing of Christian coalition groups, um... He obviously is against uh, gay and lesbian rights, uh, against abortion. How do you feel about all of this? This this social conservatism that uh, that, uh, he's been labeled with?
1: Well, I think he's certainly pushed some buttons in terms of of appealing to people's fears and people who want to sort of bring back the good old days. And uh, whether he's elected or not elected, you don't bring back the um, the good old days that we're constantly reminded never were good old days, um, but I think he has made an appeal to people's people's fears that um, um, that there are groups that are accessing their rights to the exclusion of other people's rights. I happen to believe that um, that we need to have a tolerant society. I happen to believe that we, we need to have an inclusive society. Does that, and that mean means violating finding other
2: people's rights in the process?
1: And, well, it means finding ways that we can live together and work together and respect each other. Um and that some mean of the respecting rights though? Well, what I was going to say Bob is that some of the fearmongering that's going that goes on particularly from some of the things attributed to Stockwell Day only increase my f- fear that we're getting into pushing uh, for an intolerant society where we're uh, we're using hype to create tension between groups of people and to create polarization that we shouldn't have and but don't we have are to becoming
2: have. an intolerant society and our government wants it that way our human rights commission creates situations like that i mean uh first of all stockwell day i have not heard a statement by him that was against gay or lesbian rights if you can quote that statement
0: for me, Jack, I'd like to hear it because I have never heard such well, a Well, it's statement. certainly been reported in various media outlets. Well, uh, that's you the know, media. You know, you, know, you know that that's where he's coming from. And maybe that's one well, of the problems well, you have with the media.
2: It is, but it's what, I, what I really don't like is when the media keeps repeating a falsehood over and over again that just can't be substantiated. Apparently it, it can it read. You it know,
0: dates back to when uh, uh, his involvement in the Alberta legislature a number of years ago.
2: Well, you know what some people are calling gay rights is 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 the right of of uh, of groups to to use tax payer dollars to fund their causes and to and to do their to do their thing at somebody else's expense. I'm against that too, and I don't care if it's for gay rights or or lesbian rights or black rights or white rights or human rights or anything. You don't steal from people to do your thing. You do it with your own money. And now today in today's society, if you say anything different about this, if you say that it's not one group's right to take from another just because they're in a group, you're labeled I, I'm not uh, sure an enemy of
1: that group. But I'm not sure what you're talking about. Who's taking from who here?
2: Well, the government hands out money. First of all, human rights legislation, the things that you're not allowed to say. We are an intolerant society. Uh, look what's happening to people like Philip Rushton, who's back in the news again. Um there's a guy who isn't saying anything dramatic. I don't know what his theory is. The paper keeps talking about Philip Rushton's theory but they never tell you what it is. They give you a few statistics but I don't know what his theory is. And so we get all this misinformation and the government is just running headlong into all of this uh, racial, sexist type of stuff, which is all a, a, a play for for somebody's money. Whenever you see these kind of programs, there's money at the bottom of the barrel somewhere that somebody I'm n- wants.
1: I'm not saying, Bob, that instinctively people are inclusive and tolerant, but as Canadians, I think we have prided ourselves on our attempts to try and create an inclusive and tolerant society. And I got up yesterday and I listened to the news about Ireland and the incredible tensions going on there, and i got to admit, I thought, thank God, In Canada, we have made a commitment that we want to try and live together with each other and to take, acknowledge our differences, but to say that we are not prepared as a society to allow our differences to escalate to the point that we have armed camps, that we have neighborhoods that are designated as they are in Ireland.
2: pursuing policies that create that situation. And people like you, Susan, who continually, (laughs) I, I would agree with what you just said. I would say... Yes, that's a wonderful goal, but the but the means to that goal has to be consistent with it, and that's generally where the whole thing screws up. Right there, as soon as you have a a, a violent means to try and achieve some non-violent end, that's just impossible.
1: Impossi- Possibly, well, you I can't could do it. Finish what I was saying. I think that what we've done as Canadians is made a commitment to say we want to try and be inclusive and be tolerant. Um, And like I was starting to say, in neighborhoods where in Ireland they actually were designated, this is the Protestant neighborhood, this is the Catholic neighborhood. Um, In the States we see that. This is the black neighborhood. This is the Hispanic neighborhood. I think in Canada we've tried to say we don't want to go down that road. We want to try and not have that kind of polarization. I'm not saying we've been perfect. I'm not saying that there aren't tensions anyway. And I'm not saying that people immediately embrace that kind of tolerance and inclusiveness. But I think we've tried to create a Canadian culture of tolerance to try and say we want to work towards those goals. My personal
2: experience has been with every individual, of every race, of every colour, of every belief that as an individual they are all tolerant. They might not agree with you, they might not like what someone else is doing, but they're tolerant. Intolerance comes into the situation just as you said, in Ireland where places are designated by the government, by the way, which is something you left out, uh, that This is one area, this is another area, the the, the government regulates trade, it gives favors to certain groups. Naturally, when the government begins doing that, it's going to create the very resentment that it says it's out to stop. And that's just common sense. Reverse discrimination is not an answer to discrimination.
0: It's the same thing. This is Left, Right and Center with Susan Eagle and Bob Metz, and we invite your calls at uh, 643-1290 or star 1290 on the Rogers AT&T Cellular Network. This is Jack Burkhardt sitting in for Jim Chapman, who was away playing golf uh, for a ver- very worthy cause, the Breast Cancer Foundation, out at the uh, Oaks Golf uh, Club. And we wish Jim all the very best, a great day for golf. Bob, you keep going back and mentioning the name government. Mm-hmm. Government, government, government. Yes. Do I take it from that 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 we should have no government? Uh, Not at all. What is your feeling?
2: Uh, Government has the same rights that you or I do, Jack, and that is to defend ourselves. That's the only time you can use force, and that's why we instituted governments, essentially to create a court system, um, a military system, and a police system, and basically all there to administer justice and to preserve the literal physical safety of this country from attack from without and within. And we're talking physical attack. We're not talking... Verbal attacks or anything like this beyond that government's functions. I believe are illegitimate anything it gets into beyond protecting individual rights means that it has to violate individual rights and What I have learned through my studies over the past 15 years that every time a government violates individual rights It creates the very effects that it sets out to say that it's out to get rid of um, And that includes everything health care education
0: um, The government should not be involved in health care
2: Absolutely not.
0: We just heard earlier It today, wasn't until uh, about 30 years ago. ...on this program, uh, Jim had uh, the Honorable Alan Rock on, mm-hmm. who's in London making a, apparently a big announcement today about uh, millions of dollars going into and further research, I- uh, uh, combining all of the research uh, institutes here in London and, and uh, helping... Uh, Research into health care and medicine.
2: Well, that's always nice to hear that some money is getting into the health care system But what about all the money the government prevents from getting into the health care system that Canadians would willingly put there? You can't get elective surgery with and pay for it. You have to be in a waiting line In fact, you're told to go to, to the United States if you want your surgery right away uh, Canadian clinics are allowed to service Americans who come over here and pay cash and can walk in the door and don't have to wait But Canadians can't um the same thing in our healthcare care system. The issue of people, you know, or sorry, not. I meant the uh, education system. Uh, education systems should run themselves, not the government. And if the government wants to help people who can't afford to get an education, who can't afford to get a certain level of health care, then help those people. But don't run the whole system, because you'll run it into the ground.
1: What, what Bob's leaving out is that the Americans look at the Canadian healthcare care system, realizing that our health care system is actually cheaper than in the States. Um, to run, and that a universal health care system is a more efficient and effective system. That's not And, true, and it's always good to hear someone who's, who's young and healthy um, saying they don't need the healthcare care system. But we know that, that the healthcare care system well, is there for, for all of us. Um, at all ages and that there's times in our life when we desperately need the healthcare system. In fact, one of the best um, supports of Medicare was a, a book that was put out just a few years ago by by seniors who could remember days before Medicare and talked about how how terrible it was and how families... Whole families lost their uh, financial stability because if one member of the family got sick, there was, it was just a terrible disaster in terms today. of the family. And a lot happens in the United what States.
2: I, what I find interesting, though, is that Susan would assume, assume that I have something against the medical system. Do you not think that I want to be assured that if I'm sick, that I'm going to have the proper medical care? That's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because what I see in front of me right now is a system that won't be able to do that when it's my turn to get into the hospital. And I'll give you a case in point. I was in Toronto just two weeks ago, and we were given a speech by a retired surgeon named Dr. Dick Butson, who happens to be the head of another political party called CORE, and he's a retired surgeon who practiced in the Hamilton area for 20 years or so, and he told us basically that the state of medicine in this country is such that if you have an emergency situation, such as Jim had, for example, uh, you're going to get the best health care that money can buy. But if you are urgent, or if you are elective, then you're on a waiting list. And he told us the same situation about what happened to him and his personal experience with his son who injured his knee. And then they phoned up the Hamilton MI- MRI department to see if they could get an MRI that afternoon so to find out if his son needed knee surgery. And they went through everything and they were told, yeah, you can come in, and then the last question came out. By the way, is your son a Canadian? And he said, well, yes, of course. And then they told him he couldn't come in. Well, wait a
1: minute. L- let's talk about the fact that in the last and while, uh, our health care system has not been getting the dollars it should, and we need to improve it. Well, what what you're saying was He was willing to
2: pay cash to go, go into the MRI. He didn't have to... So you have a two-tier government.
1: system where the rich can have better, better health care so than had, the exactly, poor?
2: Exactly. You'd rather have equality than you, than good health care, and that's exactly with I'd rather have
1: with good health care and equality, and I believe it's possible. No, it's yes, not. it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Uh,
0: (laughs) I'm going to interrupt here because we're on a roll here, but uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is, uh, and and of course, we invite your calls at 643-1290 or star 1290 on the Rogers AT&T Cellular Network, left, right, and center with Susan Eagle and Bob Metz. I'm Jack Burkhart. We'll be back in a moment. Jack Burkhart sitting in for Jim Chapman uh, on this Wednesday morning. Jim is away, uh, ready to play golf uh, in aid of breast cancer research. And we wish Jim and all the participants at that golf tournament the very best. They've got a great day out there, and here in the studio with me, Susan Eagle and Bob Metz, and uh, we're is this is the portion called left, right, and center, and I think we've been all over the map thus far this That's morning. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Bob, uh, I started the last segment asking you about government and that, and and uh, you you seem to say at least I. I Get the feeling there is a place for government, but yes, just but, but just don't interfere with me.
2: Well, the purpose of government is to protect our freedom of choice and not to restrict it. What that means is that the government should protect my right to do what I see. I, I haven't got a choice to go into a hospital and pay for a service if I want. That's a choice that's been taken away from me. And it also in this in the process deprives a hospital of extra cash that wouldn't have to otherwise come out of the government coffers. If we really believed in a in health care system or a government system of helping the poor, the first thing we'd dump is a principle of universality where the rich get into the safety net along with the poor. I have never understood the logic Well, let me that. explain
1: it to you. The rich get in uh, as, as well as the poor, and then they're taxed back. And what you do with creating a universal program is that you make sure that everybody gets protection, and there's political buy-in then uh, by everyone. And when Bob's talking political
2: about political buy-in to a health care system, that's a
1: frightening When thought. Bob's talking about the uh, the right of uh, the right of the government, or the obligation of the government to protect everyone, um, and to protect his freedom to do what he wants, I need to remind him. And we've talked about this no, before.
2: No, to protect my rights. I didn't say my his, freedom to do d- what I want. Please quit. He, he quit, doesn't quit have mis- the right. Me.
1: He doesn't have the right to drive down the wrong side of the street, and and one of the things that we do street, in a collective why. society is we agree that there will be certain uh, ways that we relate to each other as a community and have certain standards and certain relationships. Yes. You we want to hear, hear
0: from you at uh, 643-1290 or Star 1290 on the Rogers AT&T cellular network, and we do have Jerry on the line. Jerry, good morning.
3: Good morning, Jack. Nice talking to you. Thank you. You know, I tell you, I don't know who this gentleman is, but he must, like the lady said, uh, he's probably a healthy person. He never had any reason to uh, really deal with the medical services here. Of course I have. I had, well, would you, would you let me finish? Because you're going to be there for another hour, or maybe well, made a false call about, about me. All right, Bob, a just minutes. a minute, All right.
0: Bob. Let's, uh, let's listen to Jerry.
3: I, I, I had a very serious heart attack. And uh, I was gone. I mean, they got me back with these defibrillators where the hairs on my chest were singed. And then a few years later, I developed an an arrhythmic problem, you know, where my heart was skipping quite a lot. So I'm lucky enough to have the best cardiologist in London, but I was back and forth to the hospital for five or six years, a lot, believe me. And uh, thank God the last few years, they found the right medication to regulate my heart without putting anything in there and the service and the way I was treated. And I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. You gotta be sick. I never appreciated it because I was an ex boxer, a very healthy guy, always running and always, and it really hit my ego quite a lot. It took me a while to, to get over this heart attack thing because I had to go to a psychologist because I was acting uh, very differently than I did before. But for this man to talk about our medical services and uh, for the Americans to come over here, I don't care what the Americans do, but thank God I live in this country, and especially in London, which is the best medical uh, service uh, center in Canada as far as I'm concerned, and I've traveled quite a lot over Canada, coming from Newfoundland and been in the navy for ten years. No, I didn't say and, anything. Just no wait, life finish, and then I'll hang up and listen to you. Well, and and I just <laughs> tell you that I no, I get I really get upset with somebody knocking our services here. I didn't knock, knock the, the services. I knocked
2: the government,
3: Jerry. Get it straight. None, I agree with this. The government leader. is
2: preventing my access to the wonderful service that you're talking about. If I want to use that healthcare service, I can't. I can't pay for it with my own money. I have to go to the United States or a police well, officer. Well, how come I got all the wonderful? Because service? you were an emergency case, just as I said a few minutes ago. If you have a heart attack or something serious, you're well, going to get not the an best emergency healthcare. case anymore. Well, and well, and I, not anymore.
3: I still go down periodically to get my sure. stress test, and if I had a, I mean, uh, when I get pains in the chest periodically. And I ran to the hospital every time I got them. That's what I call abuse of the system. Well, wouldn't you feel a that's lot safer... I got safer? my
2: Wouldn't you feel a lot safer knowing that people in your position would be more assured of their funding if people weren't also taking from the same system that's paying for your heart attack for minor things that they could be paying for out of their pockets?
3: Well, there's no one paying for my heart attacks. I worked pretty hard all my life and paid into the system. And... Uh, the well, that's is,
2: just not true, Jerry. Come on. Somebody's paying for it. The doctors that did the
3: operations on you got paid money, well, real money I, 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 I that was taken know, out of that, other well, people's pockets. that's why pocket. we're very lucky to be in this system and in this country. But anyhow, that's all I have to say. I, I, I just wish you'd get your facts straight and listen to this lady that you have alongside of you. Well, she, what facts have I gotten right, wrong? It's right on. Tell me There's what facts have I gotten don't wrong. This country. If women ran this country, we'd be a hell of a lot better off. Well,
0: Jerry, thank you very much for calling in, and Susan, uh, you're going to pick up on that one. Not a fact.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it's stories like Jerry, precisely those kinds of stories that that help us understand what an what a wonderful resource we've got in this country and well, and come i get tired i get, Bob, I Bob, get just tired a of people who want to promote the american system as somehow superior what we've got is an advantage in this country i don't I, I i do believe that we need to improve the system i i think in the last few years there's been a toll on our our healthcare system because we haven't appreciated it enough um, but I think Jerry's story helps remind us again of, of just why it's so vital that we hang on to this and be proud to be Canadian.
2: Who's promoting the American system? I hadn't heard that come up. Did I miss something?
1: Well, you yourself were referring to the American system as, as a system that... I uh, did
2: not. I said Americans were allowed to come to Canada to use the Canadian healthcare care system and that Canadians have to, by law, go to the United States to get health care system if they, they want to pay for it or get it immediately.
1: Yes, that was the reference That's what I said.
2: I didn't say anything else about advocating the, the, the American healthcare care system, which I do not, because it's as muddled and screwed up as ours, and they have Medicare, too.
0: Well, do you agree, then, uh, that you should have the right? Is this what you're saying? You should have the right to pay for an operation?
2: Obviously. How can you even think otherwise? How, can you, how could I tell you, Jack, as an individual, you say you have a disease and you go to a hospital to get an operation, how do I have personally the right to say, no, you can't go there and you can't pay for that operation? I won't let you. Because you'll be in front of somebody else in line or something. A line which, by the way, is only created when we have a system like this. If we let people who could pay for themselves pay and get ahead of everyone else, there wouldn't be getting ahead anymore. There wouldn't be any lines doctors would be advertising for business. That's what happens wherever you see it. Well, I don't know. Now, I'm not against insurance. I'm not against helping the poor people who can't help themselves. Those are separate issues. If you want to help the poor, you don't take over the industries that they happen to use. You don't, I think. you know, you don't run a railway system Bob, because you want to give people cheap transportation. What I
1: hear you saying, Bob, is that in, that you'd like a system where people who want elective surgery can get it, and if they have money, they would take priority over emergency cases. And, and I just can't... I don't know who would set, set the priorities. I would think the all. doctors
2: would set the priorities. In fact, Dr. Butson, who gave us the speech in Toronto a few weeks ago, made it very clear that when OHIP was first brought into Ontario, the issue was not money for doctors. It was professional freedom, which was taken away from them. And he also pointed out that never in his whole whole lifetime as a doctor did he ever hear of a poor person not getting necessary health care we're in going fact, to he would break, say they yeah, had bob. better
0: health care okay bob and susan sure. susan eagle and bob metz uh, with left right and center it's news time with uh, tara clow and we'll be right back and this is jack burkhardt on this wednesday morning sitting in for uh jim chapman who is uh, involved in a golf tournament uh in aid of breast cancer research, and it uh, seems to me we did this a year ago, almost to the day, mm-hmm. uh, and of course this portion of the program is left, right, and center. Bob Metz is here along with Susan Eagle, and Bob, we did it last year with yes, uh, with Marion Boyd. Boyd. And uh, Susan Eagle, I'll tell you, you, you're holding your own here this morning as well with this gentleman, <laughs> Bob Metz. And we do have someone on the Bob line.
1: Bob and I have talked before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we do have Len on the line. Good morning, Len. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning? Just fine. Uh, go <laughs> ahead with your comment or question. Yes,
4: uh, I guess a comment for you, Bob. Um, really? a question for you first. Uh, Bob, was, were you educated in the public school system or private? Well, public. You were, of course, in the public. So, so you received the same education as the millionaire across the road, you know, as, as, as the poor child down the road. I'm an education and career consultant here in town, and let me tell you that the universality that Susan is, 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 and we are defending gives us an even playing field for all of our children in our, in our society, be they rich, be they poor, be they immigrant, whatever they So think.
2: what you believe in is dragging down the most able among us no, to no, make I, them I, equal?
4: I would think, Bob, you weren't dragged down. The list, the
2: list, the well, people. I went to a public school because I was forced to by law. Oh, no, no, you weren't
4: forced to by sure law.
2: No, no, excuse me.
4: Uh, there there, there, has always been private schools, if you were educated in the CLN, and there's always been private... But if you go to a
2: private school, you still have to send your tax dollars to the public school. Which, which, which now, is, let me ask you something. Why, why, what, what, what is wrong with, for example, what I believe in, the taxpayer should be able to direct his taxes to the school of his choice, his education taxes, I, and I, get the government out of running the schools?
4: I, I think the basis is what you, what you do away with is universality on the basis that... If, if, if you're going to if you're going to get the very poor family whose income is uh is, is ten thousand dollars a year and someone it makes sick.
2: no difference it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor no, no,
4: could, just, what I'm suggesting to you is that the the our public school education has, has has done our country very very well when you look in the united States which is which you are uh, i think you're enamored with and listening to on the, in the car radio today you know, what
2: I'm enamored with is you know, freedom, let me finish in my
4: sentence all right when you're enamored with you have a two tiered system in the united states you have private schools and of course it's they're pri- primarily white anglo-saxon wealthy families all right and then you get the poor in the black areas and they are and they are in quotes the public school system and so that's are you what suggesting happens, and, then that and, 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 and excuse me in the united states one does not have the ability to divert one's funds you you pay your funds and if you wish to send your child to a private school which is your which is your right which is the same as it is that. here I'm sorry? Same as it is here. Exactly.
2: Now, you seem you seem not to like the private schools in the States. What would you do? Would you close them down then?
4: No, i I let, I let them operate, and i let the parents send their children to there. Our, our, our public school system here stands second to none. Our private school, and I look at the... Well, I the, don't know it, what I that I you're comparing that to. I look at the success rate of our private institutions, elementary and secondary, compared to our public school system. Let me tell you that our our, our public system does not stand behind any of them. The you know, scholarships. I just work with a young man. He's off to Simon Fraser with a full scholarship, uh, academic scholarship. And, uh, you know, they open their doors to a young man from Ontario who's, who's graduated, if you like, from Saunders Secondary School here in town. So they don't stand second behind. It, 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 well,
2: the it, issue it, with me is not not education. It's not health It's how it's funded. It's how does the money get to the system. I do not believe that taxes are the way to go.
4: Well, then let me ask you a question, Bob. If, 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 let, let's assume you're a single individual having no children. Should, should you pay taxes to education? No. No. So, but, but then you benefit from the society. Having a child when, is, when a, the, is
2: a choice of person. When, makes when the and fireman, it, it comes with responsibilities. If you when, want freedom, when, you have to When have responsibility.
4: When the, when, the, when the qualified fireman comes to your home and is educated, or the policeman that's educated in the society, you're going to say, excuse me, I'm going to hire my own policeman, my own fireman. That's ridiculous. No, no but that's what you're saying, that's because ridiculous. you benefit...
2: Right. I benefit from a lot of people who you, have had private educations, who have had public education, and who had no education. In fact, the latter I have benefited most from. The people I know who have the most money and are the richest people are the people who quit high school. Fair I can right. name five or six of them off the top of my head.
4: Yeah, but, but, if, but if you look at the general population, they are not, they are not the ones that, made, that, make, that make this economy well, go. Well, the
2: point is what makes the economy go is entrepreneurship, not education. No, what makes, makes this economy go is, is the highly
4: qualified people within our society. It is, It is not the... And the, how do they get that way? I'm sorry?
2: How do they get that They way?
4: get that way because of our public education system, along, so. with, along with our public health service. Let me, let me, let me Why do you that. think
2: that there are so many complaints about the reading and writing skills of kids coming out of schools? Why do you think that university professors have to have remedial courses all the time to teach kids coming into into university how to spell and how to put their sentences together and how to communicate.
4: Well, I think I think part of the problem there, Bob, and working with the universities and the high schools, it may be the communication skills. But we still have we still have a very high. You, you go up to the university and see our, how our graduates are are sought after all around the world. That isn't because we're putting on a poor product. We're putting on an excellent product.
2: Let me take I'm you not back. Complaining about the product. Let, let, let I'm you saying a, you could get a better product if if the people who were getting the product had some role in paying for it themselves. It, and it I see a, nothing it, wrong with the government helping them as long as they pay it back. Okay, and,
1: Susan. We'd get a better product, I think, if if more people like Len um, advocated for the system. And I want to thank him for calling in today because it's it's people who say we've got a good system and let's not let the government undermine it. In the last few years uh, in our in our country, particularly in our province, Uh, Some of our public programs like education and health care have been being undermined. And then, of course, the government says, well, things aren't working. Uh, Thanks, Lynn, for calling in, and, and I hope we can get some of the supports back into the system because I think it is an excellent system. I'm a product of that system. I know a lot of my colleagues our products of that system and I think we've benefited and it isn't just the ability to get a job out the other end it's the ability to produce uh, people who are citizens who have community concerns who are able to think who are able to participate and community well-being, and I think that's what we're looking for at the end of our of our education system. And I think that's been the commitment of our education system.
0: And I want to thank Len for calling in very much and uh, stimulating uh, this uh, conversation. Len, thank you. Have a good day. And next on the line is Greg, and he's on the Rogers AT and T cell uh, uh, cellular network. Good morning, Greg. Uh,
5: good morning. Um, yeah, I just I was going to comment on health, but I guess I'll talk about the education. Um, I, I am in Bob's camp on this and uh, just, just an observation right now uh, the Catholic uh, people sending their children to Catholic schools can basically have those tax dollars pay for their tax system or for their education but anyone of any other persuasion with any other, uh, whether it's religious non-religious, private school they have to totally do it on their own so basically, oddly enough Uh, the current system actually discriminates against the lower income earner in that if he wished to send his children to a private school, it's only the person with the higher income that can do that. And uh, I wish I could remember the city and the state, but it's been a number of years now. There is a state in the United States who um, are giving parents choice, and it's been working quite well for several years. Right now, We've got a school system that, you know, I'm not going to comment really whether it's good or or good or bad. You know, there's, there's statistics and there's statistics, but the point is there is no freedom of choice or alternative. There is no competition. And, uh, you know, if, if, if other schools were chosen who, who uh, managed to, uh, you know, use ingenuity and enterprise to teach kids more, in a year to bring up their levels, well, then, then the government system would have to, to pull off its socks. Well, what if everybody chose to go to that system? Would that be a bad thing? Certainly not. And, you know, I came through the public system, uh, of course, as probably 90% of the country does. I just want to backtrack on this, this health issue. You, Bob, you said that Americans can come up here and pay for elective surgery. I've mm-hmm. so had relatives do it. Okay, so so given that... There's no way that this, the, the camp for uh, government medicine can say, well, yeah, if we let our Canadians pay for elective surgery, they'd, they'd go to the front of the line. Because if that's true, then basically we're saying we're going to put Americans in front of the line ahead of Canadians, and I, I don't believe that.
3: Well,
2: the irony is, there, there, is real no, there is no line for Americans, and there's no line for Canadians in the States. No line for Americans in Canada, no line for Americans in the States, if that makes any
0: sense
5: anyway i i I normally won't always phone in but i just can't i can listen in the morning but can't normally call me phone into my job so i'm gonna get off but uh glad to hear you today bob last week uh it was they should have called it left left and left it was about labor unions anyway i'll get i'll get off and listen now thank
0: thank you you, very much thank you for your call and uh the lines are open at 643-1290 or star 1290 Rogers AT&T Network, you Bob see, Metz and Susan Eagle.
2: For me, the test, if somebody wants to say to me, listen, our education system is great, it's the greatest system in the world. Well, there's a simple test to prove that. If it's so good, give people their choice. Tell them that you'll still have the money, but send it to the school of your choice. Now, why would like, someone like Len be afraid of that? You know, like, because if, ever, if a system's so good, then that's where the money's going to continue going. But that very one thing is so terrifying to the government because they know that people would not choose probably to go to the system there or they're afraid that teachers might start their own schools or start their own businesses and offer competitive things. You can't have, and you have no way of even knowing whether your system's good unless it's in an environment of competition because that's how you know. You have to compare it to certain things. What we're stuck with comparing is international standards by many countries who all run their school systems in their country, which is... You know, it's comparing bad bad apples to bad apples as far as I'm concerned.
1: I think there's a lot of people who like to know that there are certain uh, social services and protections in place and programs and don't want to come home every day at the end of work and have to make a decision about whether or not they're going to put their money here or there or somewhere else into the school system, here or there or somewhere else into the medical system, here or there or somewhere else into roads and bridges and, and sewers. That's a big problem. I, thi- I think there's a lot of people want to know that there's certain things in place, that those protections are there, and that when they and their children need those services, that they're going to be provided by the government.
0: Susan and Bob, we have uh, Joan on the line right now. Good morning, Joan.
6: Good morning. Um, I'm sorry to say I haven't heard the whole thing. I just got in my car. But um, my question about the school system, I'm, I'm really wondering is, um, and we donate, like I have my sons in a Catholic school system here in London. And I don't understand about the education system that my son in a Catholic school in London in the East End does not receive the same education as a friend of mine's son who's in a Catholic school in Masonville. And I'm just wondering, like, I know they say it's the same curriculum, it's supposed to be Ontario-wide, but um, is there any reason why we don't get the same uh, amount of teachers, um, if we're all paying the same tax dollars, the same curriculum. I know that she pays more uh, in her land tax on that end than I do and, and so on, but I'm very confused about how this cr- new curriculum is working.
0: I don't know whether Bob or uh, Susan can answer that question. Well, I'm more. aware we're of it
2: because I've run for trustee before, and I know Robert Vaughn is a Freedom Party candidate who's, who's a trustee on the Board of Ed, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of inequity within the public school system. And the irony is one of the justifications of it was so you'd have the same education from one to the other. Well, I think one, one, one John's talking the about other. the Catholic
1: school system. Well, that's a public
2: school system. It's publicly funded by Catholics who choose to fund it through taxes. That's still publicly funded or government funded. I'm, I shouldn't even be using that word. But the issue is if you want a consistent standard, the irony is that private schools are the way to go. A Montessori school in, in Alberta will teach the same standards and go by the same curriculum as a Montessori school in Ontario or in, or in New Brunswick. Do you, you not believe
6: though it's? Um, I, I'm finding in London. I'm finding it's depending on the area where you live on your education system. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly I
2: mean, where you live.
6: Exactly because um, I, I've been brought up in the East and I mean I have a be- beautiful, beautiful uh, four-level back to my house. We live in a beautiful area, and because of the area, when we do not have the same amount of teachers. The teachers in Masonville, they have a, a science teacher. They have all the teachers in the proper courses, but my son has two teachers, a French teacher and a, a regular teacher that teaches everything. They do not have the same systems. We have portables that are 17, 20 years old, whereas the ones out in Masonville, either if they have a portable, they're connected to the school, they're brand new. I mean, for some, somehow the tax laws are not being diverted between the schools equally. It, it it can't be. It can't Joan, I, be. Well, I think that's an possible.
1: issue. I think that's an issue you've got to take up with with the school board. I don't think any of us can really speak to the specifics of what one I'm school is, versus another, but I do think that you do have uh, elected trustees, and that's something that you should di- certainly be directing to the trustees.
6: Okay. I guess what my question is then is: Is there a certain percentage of tax dollars that, like, what is the percentage of tax dollars when you pay your land tax go to your school system that you donate to?
2: Well, they tax you a certain percent, but whether it gets to the school or not is another matter because it goes to in, all, all into one big pot at first. That's why I think taxpayers should take control of their education tax dollars and make sure that their dollars get to the school of their choice.
6: Hey, well, that's what I'm just. I was just. Wondering, I didn't catch the whole show. I'm sorry I didn't. But uh, that's what we're looking into now is private schooling because mm-hmm. it's just. Def- it's your only option. Uh, it is because yep. I'm sorry. And I mean, we were thinking about putting our sons in public school, but now we're considering doing the private school because. We still know exactly
1: what we're paying for. John, I want to suggest to you that the more people who go the private school route, the more we undermine public education in our, in our, in our community. And I know still Bob's going to jump all over me on that one, but I firmly believe that. And, and I think that before you give up on the public school system, um, the publicly funded school system, that you really ought to be asking uh, for some accountability or getting your questions answered. And I think that the private school system, um, Bob's saying that it's, it's a great system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but I haven't seen any of his data yet that proves it.
2: You don't need data, Susan. You just need to know what's right and what's wrong, I think, because to me, the issue is... Do I have the right to force someone else to pay for my education? Do I have a right to, right, to force someone Bob, else to pay for my education? Bob, if you're going to say it's a better education?
1: school system, back it up.
0: Okay, Joan, we appreciate your interest and your question for Bob and Susan. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thank you Bye-bye. very much. We have now uh, Julie on the line. Julie, good morning.
7: Good morning. I no longer live in London, but at one point we did live in East London, and my daughter attended two schools out there, both very good schools. Uh, Lord Nelson and Bonaventure and Bonaventure's a brand new school spent millions of dollars on it to make this pretty multi-angled school and I don't know uh, what part of East London this last caller was from but uh, just because it's East London doesn't mean that there isn't enough money being spent in the that area. I don't understand where her problem line. Well, I think
2: she was saying that she had kids in two different schools and that it was different in each school. That's all she was pointing out. All and, schools and I, are different. Well, sure. But, but a lot of parents are under the assumption that they're all the same, like grade six in, in a school in North London would be teaching the same thing as grade six in South London. Apparently, that's not the case.
1: In fact, Julie, I I work in the in the east part of the city with some of the outreach work that I do, and I've related to Chippewa School over a number of years. And I found that some of the programs they've had for kids there were absolutely fabulous. I have,
7: I know two Two students in Chippewa, and their mother swears that that is a fantastic school, great teachers, and her kids, well, she's involved with the school herself, and they are getting great education there.
1: So thank thank you for calling in and 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 saying that because it it, it was leaving I think an erroneous impression that
7: I, I think too many East people didn't
1: have good schools.
7: Too many people are depending on the government to uh, put up these schools, put the teachers in place, and then that's it. We walk away and we don't take any more interest in what's happening with our our children, in the school system, and that's not the way it should be. We should all be involved. From the time they start in the school system, it's not a daycare.
2: And that's generally the philosophy of people who believe in
0: private education. That's why they go there. But look at what is happening now, if I may interject. And uh, I'm
7: afraid I have to run. I've got Okay. No call. Well, thank you but very thank much, Thank you for Julie. listening. Thank you Bye-bye. for your
0: call. Um, look what's happening now. Peter Jaffe, head of the uh, Thames Valley uh, School Board, recently said, you know, there's no, no reason uh, the way the, pr- the provincial government is going to have trustees to have school boards anymore
2: I agree we shouldn't have had school boards ever in the first place
0: What about what about the local content
2: then
1: And why have you run for the what school board mean, if you don't believe content? we should have it
2: that was one of the things I ran against and I warned the school board that they're going to be dismantled and they are they didn't believe me when I told them but well, why did you happened. run
1: to be a trustee if you didn't believe in, in because I believe. Trustees. because
2: when I because when I got involved in politics I found that education was a very important thing and that part of the problem we're having today is, is quite frankly the lousy education we're getting in high schools now when I say that I always have to say that. Now, who is
0: responsible for the quote-unquote lousy education we're getting in high school, the provincial government or or, uh, local school boards? Who?
2: Both of them together. Anybody that forces you to go somewhere where you shouldn't go or forces you to pay for something you wouldn't pay for yourself. You know, if if all of these people have called who said they had either good schools or bad schools. The issue is not whether the school is good or bad. The issue is do you have a choice? Do you have a choice where your money is going? And Susan, you consistently come out against choice. I don't understand why you do not like the idea of an individual having Come a choice. On, Bob,
1: that's hogwash. I'm not saying I'm opposed to choice at all, but I'm saying that in a community where you want to have some community standards that people have to work together, and and everybody... How
2: does choice negate that? I
1: don't get it. If I have
0: a choice,
2: how, it doesn't, how does the community and, uh, standards That's
1: right, it doesn't. So I'm, I'm saying that's hogwash to say I don't support choice. Well, we have a
0: choice right now because we have a caller on the line. Joe, good morning. Hello. Yes, Joe. Go ahead.
1: Uh,
8: I'd like to ask Bob about the health care, who's going to perform the services he's going to pay for.
2: Who's going to perform it and service it? Right. Well, the people who do it, nurses and doctors.
8: That's right. The same doctors who, uh, who perform the service for the government, uh, uh, you know, for the, uh, the government system, right? Right. Uh, well, I'd like to tell you that I came from a country where we have that, And the doctors keep too busy to get, uh, you know, the patients who pays more than the the government, and people who don't have money who can afford to pay the doctors are keeping behind, behind, and keep dying. Uh, So that's that's the you know this uh, two-tier system. I don't think it's uh, it's kind of a good idea for you know who's cannot afford to, you know, to come up with the money when they have uh, a fatality or a So, illness.
1: Joe, you're saying that where there's a two-tier system that the, the people who have the money get preferential that, treatment... That's right. ...and that the rest that's of the always population
8: that's right. don't right.
5: They walk, they walk over, they walk system over, over the poor. They
8: walk over the poor. Go ahead, Joe, yes? Yeah, yeah they, they, you know, when you have money, you walk over the poor because you have money, you have preference. And the doctors charge more to the private, uh, you know, to, to the private people than they charge to the government.
2: For, for example, there was it, a, this is happening in Canada right now, and I know it happens in all the Iron Curtain countries because I have relatives there. You go to a doctor and you want something fast and they want cash under the table right away. There was a caller right on this show a few weeks ago that called in and said the same thing. He wanted some elective surgery. The doctor says, I'll do it for you right away, but it's 200 bucks under the table. You don't put it on your insurance and you don't claim it in any way. And this kind of thing is going on wherever, because the doctors are also losing their freedom under the under the public care system. Wait,
1: wait, wait a minute here. Before we get into Bob making allegations that the medical profession are are into illegal activity, I think we want to focus on the philosophy. Uh, well, I that didn't Joe's make the
2: allegation. It was made on this show a couple of weeks ago when Dan and, Gall was hosting.
1: And and what Joe's point is, and I want to af- affirm it because I think he's in, he's absolutely spot on. That where you have a two-tier system and the rich can pay in and get preferential treatment, they are going to jump to the front of the line.
8: Yes, it happens in uh, it happens in my country, and uh, it happens you know in most of the countries. And, it happens uh, everywhere, whether the there's a two-tier people, system poor or not. The people, they have to mortgage everything they have when they have a fatality or when they have illness. You know they have to mortgage everything to you know to try to go ahead and to get assistance. Otherwise, they die.
0: And, uh, Joe, I appreciate your call and okay. Uh, okay. I, uh, sharing your comments with us, uh, with Bob and Susan. Uh, we're running out of time for uh, left, right, and center. Joe, thank you very much I'm for up, your call.
8: I'm up, you know, with the system we have now, and I'm proud to be a Canadian.
0: Good. Thanks very much for your call. Thanks, Joe. And I want to thank uh, Susan Eagle and Bob Metz uh, for joining me. Uh, thank I'm you. Jack Burkhardt. Uh, sitting in for Jim Chapman, who's away playing golf for the Breast Cancer Research uh, Foundation. We did this last year, and uh, it's good again to be sitting in. Bob, thank you very much. It was good to see you again. And Susan, always good to see you. Exactly. And uh, we will continue uh, here on CJBK 1290. And give us a call at 643-1290 or star 1290 on the Rogers AT&T Cellular Network. Coming up next in a few moments will be Ask the Expert with Bud Polhill.